0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Flicks podcast. So today we have a pretty cool episode. We're going to be talking all things female characters and why specifically a lot of female characters nowadays don't seem to be as good and seem to be a lot more boring. But anyways, we'll touch on that later. Before we start the episode, I do have to let you guys know that I have a special episode coming out on Monday every week that you can gain access to if you pay an $8.99 fee per month. This is exclusively on Spotify. You gain access to an extra episode every Monday if you pay an exclusive fee of $8.99. Now, what this episode will be about is various topics to do with Hollywood. However, because I don't have to monetize that episode because I get the money from you guys paying the fee, I can swear, I can be a lot more open, honest, and raw, and it just comes across as a lot more natural and real and like a conversation between me and you. So if that's something you'd be interested in, I would greatly appreciate the support if you were to pay $8.99 every month and gain access to that episode. But anyways I digress and without further ado let's get into the point of this episode which is everything to do with female characters and female leads. Okay, so what got me interested in this topic was I watched Fleabag. So I know I'm late to the party. However, I recently watched this show and I was blown away by how well Fleabag was written. I thought having a female lead portrayed in the way that it was portrayed in this show was incredible. And I think I liked it more now than I would have if I watched it when it came out a few years ago. Just due to the fact that a lot of female characters I see now in TV shows and movies just come across as weak, and they're just not very well-written. So watching a show with a female character this well-written, it honestly caught me by surprise, and I really enjoyed the show. I binged it, and I absolutely loved it. So without further ado, let's just get into point number one, and what I took away from this show was that it's the perfect character to portray female empowerment. So what I mean by this is that a lot of movies now and a lot of TV shows really advertise that there's a strong female character and that they're really pushing for female empowerment in the characters they're making in the show. However, the characters come across as weak. Whereas in Fleabag, the reason I think it's the perfect portrayal of female empowerment is because she has problems. She's not a perfect character. You know, She has a lot of flaws and she works through those flaws. It's not about everyone else. It's about herself. She has her own internal traumas, her own internal flaws, and she has to work through them. She's not the finished product. She's not perfect. She's nowhere near perfect. If you were friends with someone like her, you would think she was a bad person, to be honest. However, watching her struggle with her own flaws and struggle to become a better person, that's a strong female character. Because she's molding herself to become a better person. She doesn't start off the finished product. She starts off as a really bad person. An honestly horrible, rotten person, if that makes sense. But she works through those flaws and she tries to become better and she shapes herself. And through struggle and work, she slowly starts to become better. And to me, that's what a strong female character is. Whereas a lot of shows and movies nowadays, the female character starts off as the finished product. She starts off as perfect and everything else and everyone else needs to change apart from her. Now, this isn't strictly female characters. This is a lot of characters nowadays. However, I am only talking about female characters here. So hear me out. Whereas with a lot of female characters now, everyone else is the problem. Everything else is the problem. They're great. Everyone else needs to learn to accept them and change around them. Whereas Fleabag is a lot more internal. And to me, that's strong. That's real strength. When you notice that you're not a good person, you're not the finished product, and the world isn't going to change for you, you need to change yourself. That's a strong female character, in my opinion. And she has many struggles. And a lot of them are down to her own fault. I'm not gonna give away any spoilers. Maybe everyone listening to this has actually watched the show, but in case you haven't, I won't give any spoilers. But she does a lot of harmful things to other people, to herself, right? A lot of her flaws are down to her own doing. It's not that everyone else is treating her badly and that messes her up. No, no, no. Everything was fine. She messed it up. She's at fault. And what's funny with that is that other people treat her Maybe mistreat her, but that's because she mistreats others and mistreats herself. So other people start to change and dislike her and treat her badly because that's a reflection of how she is personally. That's great writing, in my opinion, because nowadays, like I said before, a lot of female characters, everything else has to change and everyone else mistreats them, but they're perfect. This takes it one step further. And it's that no one's going to mistreat you if you are perfect, if that makes sense. Or if they do, you can just ignore it. Whereas this one takes it that next step where you go, oh, they're mistreating her because she mistreats others, because she's not a good person. When you meet someone, if they're not a good person, you're not going to be nice and do things for them and help them in every way. You're going to probably be mean, or you're going to ignore them, or if anything comes down to it, you're not going to help them at all. So other people aren't helping her, but that's because she's a bad person. She's not helping others, and she's not helping herself. You see what I mean here? That's where the internal reflects the external, and that's really good writing. Whereas a lot of female characters nowadays, it's all external. You know, that's not encompassing the full picture of of being a human, is that we all have flaws. No one's perfect. And we all do things in our day-to-day lives that affect how others treat us, that affect the world around us. And if we don't like the world around us, we need to change ourselves. And then the world around us will change. It's not about changing everything else to fit our fixed mindset, our fixed personality. No, no, no. We need to change and the world around us will change. That is smart, intelligent writing, in my opinion. And that's why I absolutely loved this show. It just got me thinking about these female characters nowadays and how poorly written they are. And this show is honestly like the perfect character to portray what the whole female empowerment movement is trying to portray. Yet they don't talk about this. They talk about so many other roles and act like that's doing something good for female empowerment and for the female rights movement. But a lot of movies nowadays, a lot of shows in female characters patronize women in a way. You know, it makes them look powerless. If everything around them has to change, they're not strong enough to change themselves. They're powerless. That's not a good female character. That's not a strong female character. That's just boring. You know, (laughs) that's my opinion. So I think this is the perfect character to portray and symbolize what the female empowerment movement is trying to reach in media. However, they've somehow strayed away from this type of writing and these type of female characters to make female characters where everything else is the problem. And that's completely wrong and that's not going to help anything. And what this show actually got me thinking about was the movie Don't Worry Darling. I think that is the exact opposite of of what Fleabag is in a way. I watched Don't Worry Darling and and I hated the movie, not just for the writing, but mainly just the cinematography was average, the story overall was average, some of the performances weren't great. However, what really did annoy me about Don't Worry Darling is how Florence Pugh's character is so hard done by in the movie and she has no flaws. She's The main character, but she has no struggles to overcome internally, everything's external. And this movie was advertised as something that was good for women and something that was, you know, helping drive uh, women's rights forward and female empowerment forward. And this was a great female character. To me, it was the opposite of what a great female character is. The person behind me, that's a great female character. When I watched Don't Worry Darling, it was just so boring. You know, to watch a female lead, the main protagonist in the movie have no faults, nothing to overcome internally other than her boyfriend being, or husband, I can't remember which one they were, being an absolute prick, every other person being an absolute prick, and that the whole world around her is the problem. And when you watch the movie, you see there's a twist at the end, she's in this false world reality thing, and yeah, the whole world was the problem apart from her. It's like, she was fine. And what message is that sending to women? You know, that that if they have issues in the world, everything else is at fault. There's no self-dependency in that. There's no strength in that. And that's what's ruining a lot of female characters now. And I think Hollywood got it in the heads of people that there were never any good female characters up until the last 15 years, and that we suddenly need to write a bunch of good female characters. When that's wrong, there just wasn't enough. You know, that's the problem. There wasn't enough great female characters. They just didn't tell a lot of female stories. But when they did, they were great characters. The movie Rebecca, Hitchcock's Rebecca, that's a great female character. The original Little Women, that's a great female character. They wrote really good female characters, they just didn't write them often. And that was the problem. It's not that there were never any. Whereas nowadays, they, they act like there was never any good female characters. So when they write female characters now, they write horrible ones. And they act like this is good and they act like it's doing something good for women and, and showing young women who watch movies uh, what a strong woman is. But it's showing them the opposite of what a strong woman is. Whereas Fleabag, that shows them exactly what a strong woman is and exactly what you should aspire to be as a young woman in this world. That's just my opinion. I think a lot of people do agree with me. However, it's hard to speak about it and push back against it because then people can call you a bigot or, or you know, a sexist person when I'm 100% not a sexist person. I want to see really good female characters. That's the opposite of sexist. It's just a lot of the female characters I see nowadays are really bad characters. Weak, boring Un, not stoic at all. Everything else is the problem. They're whinges, crybabies. Like, that's not good for women. That's not showing women what they should aspire to be, in my opinion. So I did want to go over in this episode, my five favorite female characters in movies. Now, uh, this isn't all of my favorite female characters so don't go commenting and sending me dms saying oh you miss this character you miss this character and it's also not in order so who i list as number one is not my number one favorite it was just in the order that i was writing them down as they popped into my head so don't attack me in the comments okay i know i'm missing out on a few great characters these were the first five that popped up in my head in no specific order but the first one was Joe March. Now, Jo March in Little Women, she is a great character. And I think she portrays to women a really good balance, if that makes sense. So nowadays, there's this thing around, you know, being a career woman versus being a family woman. And they sort of act like the family woman who cares about family and love is weaker than the career woman. And that somehow being a career woman is superior to a family woman. There's no such thing as superior. It's just what someone prefers. Whereas Joe March, she's chasing a writing career and she works really hard at that and is trying to write this book and get it published. But she also makes time for family. She also is looking for love, you know? And she struggles with that. She has her own demons. She's definitely not a perfect character to start off with and she grows and develops and strengthens herself towards the end of the movie to being a lot more uh emotionally strong, emotionally stable, like she loses those flaws over time. And that's a strong woman. But she also shows that balance that in the end of the movie, she finds love, someone she wants to start a family with, and also gets the writing career that she wanted. So that's a great balance and, and I think nowadays they act like that that can't exist, that there is no balance, that you're either a complete career woman and you're going to put all of that first and you don't have no time for no man, but in reality, you can find that balance. like. That's a good thing to strive for too. Maybe you don't care about a relationship. Maybe you don't care about family and all you care about is career. That's fine. That makes sense. Go for it. Maybe all you care about is family. You couldn't care less about your job. Go for it. But if you feel like you want both, you don't have to choose one or the other. And I think Little Women, and especially Joe Marsh in Little Women, shows this perfectly that you can have that balance. It's going to be tough. You're not perfect. You're going to struggle. You're going to mess up. But if you strive for that balance, you can somewhat achieve it. Now, of course, uh, the movie also shows this, that you can't achieve balance and hold it forever. It takes constant work. Life is constant work. Once you achieve that balance, you got to constantly shift and change things to keep it balanced. But that's life. And I think Joe Marsh portrays to young women a really good sense of balance and a really good sense of strength and how you have to keep pushing forward and keep growing. And it's just a great character for young women. And that's what I was going for when I chose these five female characters is what does it portray to young women and young people in general? You know, what's the message it's sending? Because a lot of female characters nowadays aren't sending a good message or just aren't sending a message at all. And in my opinion, stories have to have something to say. A character has to be there for a reason. And so I chose characters specifically that had very had a lot of strong things to say to young women in particular. So, my second character that came into my head, no specific order once again, was Nina Sayers in Black Swan. Nina Sayers, Nina Sayers. I forget how to pronounce the name. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but she was a great character. Now, I was talking about career woman. She's a career woman. She's not chasing love. She's not chasing a family, anything else but her dance career. She's trying to be the greatest female dancer in the world. She's pushing herself and she's chasing that perfection. That's great, you know, but they didn't make a thing of it. Like, look at this woman chasing perfection. She's sticking it to the men. No, it's not about that. It was about her chasing perfection. It's very similar to Whiplash in a way where it has nothing to do with gender. It's just about that internal struggle of trying to be great and chasing greatness. And I love those types of stories. I'm kind of wired in a similar way, so I do like watching those types of movies and and those types of characters and learning from it. And Nina in Black Swan is just so strong, and she has so many demons. You literally see it reflect in the movie. Uh, Mila Kunis' character basically is her internal demon However, she pushes through, the, through it and grows and, and really struggles, like struggles immensely. And I love that because nowadays with a lot of women, it's like as soon as there's a bit of struggle, there's a problem somewhere. Somewhere someone's to blame, something else is to blame. In this movie, it's like, okay, you're going to dive into that struggle. You're, you're struggling, you're going to feed into that. And it was, a, it was a movie about a female character who embraced the struggle who embraced everything when it got tough. You know, when when life got tough, when people were abusing her, when the dance move got tough, when she couldn't nail something, she embraced that. And it wasn't easy. She didn't enjoy it. It's not like she was happy to struggle. No one is happy to struggle. But she said, I want to achieve this specific dance. I want to be the best in the world so she embraced the struggle and i think that's a really good message to send to young women it's a really strong message because a lot of young women out there you know maybe they feel like they're not allowed to embrace the struggle they're not allowed to to pursue a career or pursue greatness the same way men are when they are women's very much are able to maybe decades ago men would look down on them but nowadays you know you for sure can there's nothing wrong with that. And if you are willing to embrace the struggle and, and really go for something, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be very joyful, but you can achieve it and you can push. And I, I thought this film sent a really good message to young women, that idea of embracing the struggle. She's sort of like the David Goggins of, of females in film in a way. She really pushes hard. And I thought it was a great, great message to send. Now, number three is taking it in a different direction. This is a lot more lighthearted. Well, kind of lighthearted. It's a comedy film, but there's some sad bits. It's a drama, and it's Blue Jasmine. Now, the character of Jasmine, who's played by Kate Blanchett in this Woody Allen movie, is great. This goes to show... It, like, disproves the theory of all the women characters nowadays in films, where... Jasmine is hard done by by her husband. So she marries this billionaire husband. She's rich. She's living the high life, flying first class, doesn't have to work, has great dresses, great bags. She loves her life, right? Chills by the pool all day until it comes back to bite her because the husband's been doing some sort of tax fraud, money laundering thing. Uh, You know, he committed some crime in the finance world. And he's gone. He gets arrested. And all the money's gone. It has to go back to the banks, back to the government, all the people that he robbed and stole from. So now she's broke. So literally, her life situation is literally someone else's fault. You know, She married him. She was living a great life. He messed up. He broke the law. Now her life sucks. But she doesn't completely blame him. Of course, he's to blame somewhat. She can point the finger a little bit. But she also points the finger at herself and she looks at her own trauma, her own internal battles and how she can't be happy without wealth. And why is that? You know, she starts questioning herself and she starts noticing, oh, I'm not a perfect person. So how can I go pointing the finger at my husband for messing up? I'm not perfect. So, yeah, he messed up, but I messed up. And she starts fighting those demons. And yeah, it's a struggle. And she she kind of finds it hard to say that she's poor. She's used to being rich and she lies to this guy. And, you know, it's this big thing. But she starts to develop, starts to grow, starts to challenge herself. And that wasn't comfortable. And you see it. Play out in the film, she's definitely not comfortable in the life situation she's at. And she's also not comfortable with her mindset. She's living with her sister who isn't rich, she's poor. And she starts to see that there's more to life than wealth. And then she starts to question why she always wanted to seek wealth. And that was because she felt like that would patch up her own trauma, her own demons. And then she has to face them. And she beats them by the end of the film. And that's a great message to send to anyone, regardless of gender, but especially to young women, because nowadays, like I said, in these movies, it's everyone else's fault. In this movie, it literally is someone else's fault, but she still finds a way to question herself. And it's sort of a good analogy for what Dr. Jordan Peterson says, which is you can't you know, question anyone else. You can't go telling other people how to live their life and and saying you got to fix this problem when your own room is messy. Does that make sense? So it's kind of, it's this analogy for like, who are you to tell anyone else what's wrong with anything, with the world? You know, you can't go questioning politics saying this country is to blame and this country is to blame. You can't even clean your room. So if you can't take care of your room, you definitely can't take care of someone else's life. You have no right to say anything to anyone about how to be a better person, about what's right, what's wrong. You can't even take care of your own life. And this movie encompasses that idea perfectly of, yeah, you can't throw stones when you live in a glass house. Yeah, he messed up. Yeah, he ruined my life. But I'm not perfect. So I've got to fix that stuff first. I've got to become the perfect person before I question anyone else. Whereas nowadays, like I said, these, these characters, they're not perfect, but they masquerade like they're perfect. And they never once question themselves, challenge themselves, grow internally, emotionally, intelligently. Never. It's always someone else's fault. And that's a horrible way to go through life. That's a horrible message to send to young people. And Blue Jasmine sends the exact opposite message, much like Fleabag, is that you can't blame someone else. You can't point the finger at all these other people for why your life sucks. It's your life. You have full agency over it, and you messed up somewhere. You're not perfect. It's a great message, and I absolutely love Jasmine in that film. Next one. Is There's not much to explain behind this, but it's Uma Thurman's character in Kill Bill. She's a badass. You know what I mean? This movie is something that Marvel has been trying to get at, right? With a lot of Marvel movies now, with She-Hulk, with uh, America Chavez and Doctor Strange, with Captain Marvel... They try to portray these badass female characters, but it comes across as preachy, corny, cheesy, because they're like, look, she's sticking it to the men. She's so much better than men. It's making it all about men and other things. Whereas Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, she's just a badass, you know? It's like you're watching a female Bruce Lee, a white female Bruce Lee. It's got nothing to do with gender. She's just kicking ass. She's just the coolest girl in the world. She's insane, doing the stunts, you know, Beating people up like she's just an absolute badass. She's like, you know, uh, I forget the character's name in Mission Impossible, but she's like John Wick. She's just a badass. And it's cool to see on screen a female badass where it's got nothing to do with gender. It's not trying to be preachy. It's not trying to be something that it's not. It's just a great story of this female character who's a bounty hunter just kicking ass. You know, it's a great movie, and I love Uma Thurman's character in that film. On to my fifth and final, last but definitely not least, because this isn't in any order, Kate Blanchett again and Rooney Mara. So it's two characters in the movie Carol. Now, this is a movie about two females one being Rooney Mara, who I believe was playing someone around the age of 22, 23, and Kate Blanchett, who was playing the age of someone early 40s, and she's married with children, but she's a lesbian it's the 1950s. You can't be a lesbian. And it shows, it's just this big, deep dive into love, right? Lesbian love and how hard it was, but it doesn't come across as preachy. The movie doesn't tell you how to feel. It just shows you a great story and the story impacts how you feel, if that makes sense. So, it it impacts, through, impacts you through story rather than impacting you through telling you the impact, if that makes sense. So, How I can best compare this film is something like The Blind Side, where The Blind Side came across as so preachy, like every scene was trying to tell you, you should feel sad now, you should feel sad now, you should feel sad now. Just tell me the story. Stop trying to go for these heartfelt moments all the time. Tell me a well-told, well-developed story with a great character and we'll feel all the emotion we should feel from that story. And that's what Carol does. It's not preachy. It's not saying life was so difficult for these women. It just showed the reality of life for these types of women back then. And on top of that, it wasn't all about that negativity of it was so difficult for lesbians. But it's also about just mature love. And for Rooney Mara, it was her first real love. And for Kate Blanchette, it was... Maybe her second or third love, she's married, but there's conflicting emotions through that. So I think it's a good juxtaposition of what it's like to be a young person going through your first love experience and what it's like to be 40, 50 years old going through another love experience. And it was this big, deep dive into love. Um, and when you talk about love in that sense, when it shows love in the movie and how relationships develop, it had nothing to do with gender at that point. You know, love is universal. Regardless if it's a man and a man, a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, it's still the same thing. Love is the same and it plays out in similar ways mentally and internally and externally and affects people in different ways but similar ways as well. And so this movie being an absolute deep dive into love and and two strong women, um, you know, finding their way in the world and finding their way in this new relationship and also dealing with the external factors of people not accepting gay people at this point of time and Kate Blanchett also has kids so it's also about being a parent and what it's like to be a parent going through divorce and finding a new love especially if that new love is the same gender so it was a bit it, it's tackled a lot of subjects you know it was very varied in what it was talking about and the the subjects it was tackling however what glued it all together, the key thread through all of it, through her divorcing her husband, to her relationship with her children, to Kate Blanchett's relationship with Rooney Mara as well, was all love. You know, she still loves her husband, but they're getting divorced. They have to. They don't work together. Of course, she loves her children, but it's also about how she can best navigate this tough situation and also keep her children happy, Then also her budding love with Rooney Mara. So... It was a really interesting movie and I think the characters both show young women especially how to navigate love and, and struggles that you will go through but how you can come through the other side and I just thought there were two great women characters uh, you know, played greatly, great performances by Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett and, and this movie had a lot to say to young women about love and uh, I think it got it right and I think this movie was just incredible. So I think a lot of young women and a lot of young people in general can take a lot from the movie Carol. So that wraps up my top five, well, I shouldn't say top five, my five favorite right now uh, female characters from movies and why a lot of these weren't from modern films, really. Carol was kind of modern. There was a couple in there that were modern, but in the last 10 years, there hasn't been many great female characters. And I think we're straying away from what a real strong female is and we're portraying and purporting this idea of a strong female who isn't a strong female. And I think there is some pushback. Emily Blunt has said as well that she reads a script and if she sees strong female or strong woman, she doesn't take the movie because to her, that's just boring. That just means a boring woman. And that's true. A perfect woman is boring. A perfect person is absolutely boring. I want to see the struggle so I can relate to it. Young women can't relate to these new movies and we're seeing that. We're seeing that play out. These movies aren't hitting the same way and it's it's telling a horrible message. We've got it misconstrued. We've got it wrong. We need to start creating great female characters again because they make up half of cinema. You know, it's split 50-50 and oh, I shouldn't say that. Of course, there are other genders but, uh, you know, for the most part, 95% of genders are either male or female, so it's split, you know, quite evenly, so they make up a great proportion of of characters in movies, and so if you're not making any good ones, that's half the characters in movies that aren't any good, so I think we need to get back to writing great, strong female characters and lose this idea that there were never any good female characters. There were always great female characters. There just weren't enough, and that was the problem. So anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. Please uh, leave a review. Leave me five stars, four stars, one star if you hated it, or if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you all on my next episode.